0: Once upon a time, once upon a time. Once upon a time, once upon a time. Once upon a time, once upon a time, once upon a time. Once upon a once upon a time. Once upon a time. Once upon a time.
1: Hello everyone. Welcome to Dad's Read Princess Stories. The podcast where dads from around the world read stories about princesses from around the world. I am your host, RPJ. I'm glad to be back this week. Special thanks to James Avramenko for taking over the hosting reins last week. You can check out James Avramenko's podcast, Friendless, wherever you get your podcasts. If you're listening to this podcast, then you obviously can listen to other podcasts. So, check it out. Friendless. James goes through every friend that he has had on Facebook, interviews them, and at the end of every episode, he then unfriends that person. Will James continue being quote-unquote friends with this person that he has unfriended on Facebook? Will they continue to socialize? Who knows? Only time can tell. James Evermanko is also going to be working out A new podcast, which I'm really excited about, and I'm not going to give too much away about it. I might be a guest on it. It's also about books, but it's about movies. Here's a little hint You know those books that are based off of movies? You know the ones that no one wants to read? I mean, they exist, you know, like Sam Raimi's Spider Man, the novelization. Those sort of books. Well, Who is reading those books? Hint, James Evermanco's reading those books. What will that podcast be about? Only your imagination can tell. Hmm? Only your imagination. Anywho, back to the topic at hand, this podcast, Dads Read Princess Stories. This season, if you didn't already know, and you should know, it is all about The Cinderella Tale. If you haven't clued in on that, then I don't know what to do. Anyway, you can go back and listen to all these wonderful, awesome Cinderella tales leading up to this one. Last week's was a poem. Super simple. Super nice. And in case you don't know the rundown of Dads Read Princess stories, well, it's dads from around the world reading stories about princesses. And sometimes these dads will do silly voices. You know, they'll, they'll do cartoony little things or sound effects or maybe they just read it in a very simple, quiet, nice voice. Maybe they do a little commentary about it, talking about what's happening in the story. You might even hear their children asking them questions. You never know. It's unique. It's different with every single dad. And at the end of every story is a moral. This moral is from the father themselves. I don't write it. The podcast doesn't write it. They don't write it. I mean, they might write it, but they're the ones that come up with this moral. this moral can be a joke, it can be something that is in context to things that are going on today, it might be what they think the author is trying to say. Changes again with every dad and every story. So, what story will you be hearing today? Well, today we have Fair Brown and Trembling. This is an Irish fairy tale. It was collected by Jeremiah Curtin in his book Myths and Folklore of Ireland. It was also collected by Joseph Jacobs, who you've heard many, many times on the podcast, and you'll hear more times on the podcast, because Joseph Jacobs wrote a lot and found a lot of fairy tales that connect to the Cinderella tale. They're all very closely connected. In his book, Celtic Fairy Tales. Now, it was Curtin that visited Ireland on five occasions between 1871 and 1893, where he collected folkloric material in southwest Munster and the Aran Islands, and other Irish language regions with the help of interpreters. Now, from his work, he produced Myths and Folklore of Ireland in 1890. It was later that Joseph Jacobs took the story and expanded on it, which is the version you will be hearing today. Reading Joseph Jacobs' expanded version is David Hollingsworth. David Hollingsworth is an award-winning speaker, author, and storyteller who has performed at The Moth, DC Improv, Stand-Up New York, and as a semi-finalist in the Toastmasters World Championship of Public Speaking. Now that's impressive. He has completed six 100-plus mile bike rides, four marathons, three triathlons, and too many 5Ks to count. David lives with his family in the Washington, D.C. area. His book, Get Out the Door, is about his journey from a motorcycle accident to running the Marine Corps Marathon, will be released this fall. And listeners can download a free copy by visiting his website, www.hollyworks.com. We're going to leave a link to that in the episode description so you can get it. And all you have to do is give your email address and you will get the download. Without further ado, this is David Hollingsworth reading Fair Brown and Trembling.
0: Once upon a time, King Hur Karucha lived in Tier Canal, and he had three daughters whose names were Fair, Brown, and Trembling. Fair and Brown had new dresses and went to church every Sunday. Trembling was kept at home to do the cooking and work. They would not let her go out of the house at all, for she was more beautiful than the other two, and they were in dread she might marry before themselves. They carried on this way for seven years. At the end of seven years, the son of the king of Amania fell in love with the eldest sister. One Sunday morning, after the other two had gone to church, the old henwife came into the kitchen to trembling and said, It's a church you ought to be this day, instead of working here at home. "'How could I go?' said Trembling. "'I have no clothes good enough to wear at church, "'and if my sisters were to see me there, "'they'd kill me for going out of the house.' "'I'll give you,' said the henwife, "'a finer dress than either of them has ever seen. "'And now tell me, what dress will you have?' "'I'll have,' said Trembling. "'A dress as white as snow "'and green shoes for my feet.' Then the henwife put on the cloak of darkness, clipped a piece from the old clothes the young woman had on, and asked for the whitest robes in the world, and the most beautiful that could be found, and a pair of green shoes. The moment she had the robe and the shoes, and she brought them to Trembling, who put them on. When Trembling was dressed and ready, the henwife said, I have a honey bird here to sit on your right shoulder, and a honey finger to put on your left At the door stands a milk-white mare with a golden saddle for you to sit on and a golden bridle to hold in your hand. Trembling sat on the golden saddle, and when she was ready to start, the henwife said, You must not go inside the door of the church. And the minute the people rise up at the end of mass, do you take off? Ride home as fast as the mare will carry you. When Trembling came to the door of the church, there was no one inside who could get a glimpse of her but was striving to know who she was. And when they saw her hurrying away at the end of mass, they ran out to overtake her. But no use in their running. She was away before any man could come near her. From the minute she left the church until she got home, she overtook the wind before her and outstripped the wind behind. She came down at the door, went in and found the henwife had dinner ready. She put off the white robes and had on her old dress in a twinkling. When the two sisters came home, the henwife asked, Have you any news today from the church? We have great news, said they. We saw a wonderful grand lady at the church door. The like of the robe she had, we have never seen on woman before. It's little that was thought of our dresses, beside what she had on. And there wasn't a man at the church, from the king to the beggar, but was trying to look at her, "'and know who she was. "'The sisters would give no peace "'till they had two dresses like the robes of the strange lady. "'But honey birds and honey fingers were not to be found. "'Next Sunday, the two sisters went to church again "'and left the youngest at home to cook the dinner. "'After they had gone, the henwife came in and asked, "'Will you go to church today?' "'I will go,' said Trembling.' If I could get the going. What robe will you wear? Asked the henwife. The finest black satin that can be found and red shoes for my feet. What color do you want the mare to be? I want her to be so black and so glossy that I can see myself in her body. The henwife put on the cloak of darkness and asked for the robes in the mare. That moment she had them. When Trembling was dressed, the henwife put the honey bird on her right shoulder and the honey finger on her left. The saddle on the mare was silver, and so was the bridle. When Trembling sat in the saddle and was going away, the henwife ordered her strictly not to go inside the door of the church, but to rush away as soon as the people rose at the end of Mass and hurry home on the mare before any man could stop her. That Sunday, the people were more astonished than ever, and gazed at her more than the first time. And all they were thinking was to know who she was. But they had no chance, for the moment the people rose at the end of Mass, she slipped from the church, was in the silver saddle, and home before a man could stop her or talk to her. The henwife had the dinner ready. Trembling took off her satin robe and had on her old clothes before her sisters got home. "'What news have you today?' asked the henwife of the sisters when they came from the church. Oh, we saw the grand strange lady again, and it's little that any man could think of our dresses after looking at the robes of satin she had on. And all at church, from the high to the low, had their mouths open, gazing at her, and no man was looking at us. The two sisters gave neither rest nor peace till they got dresses as nearly like the strange lady's robes as they could find. "'Of course, they were not so good, "'for the like of those robes could not be found in Aaron. "'When the third Sunday came, "'Fair and Brown went to church dressed in black satin. "'They left trembling at home to work in the kitchen "'and told her to be sure and have dinner ready when they came back. "'After they had gone and were out of sight, "'the henwife came to the kitchen and said, "'Well, my dear, are you for church today?' I would go if I had a new dress to wear. I'll get you any dress you ask for. What dress would you like? Asked the henwife. A dress as red as a rose from the waist down and as white as snow from the waist up. A cape of green on my shoulders and a hat on my head with a red and a white and a green feather in it. And shoes for my feet with the toes red, the middle white and the backs and the heels green. The henwife put on the cloak of darkness, wished for all these things, and had them. When trembling was dressed, the henwife put the honey bird on her right shoulder and the honey finger on her left, and placing the hat on her head, clipped a few hairs from one lock and a few from another with her scissors. In that moment, the most beautiful golden hair was flowing down over the girl's shoulders. Then the henwife asked what kind of a mare she would ride. She said white, with a blue and gold colored diamond-shaped spots all over her body. On her back, a saddle of gold, and on her head, a golden bridle. The mare stood there before the door, and a bird sitting between her ears, which began to sing as soon as trembling was in the saddle, and never stopped till she came home from the church. The fame of the beautiful strange lady had gone out through the world, and all the princes and great men that were in it came to church that Sunday, each one hoping that it was himself would have her home with them after Mass. The son of the king of Amania forgot all about the eldest sister and remained outside the church so as to catch the strange lady before she could hurry away. The church was more crowded than ever before, and there were three times as many outside. There was such a throng before the church the trembling could only come inside the gate. As soon as the people were rising at the end of mass, the lady slipped out through the gate, was in the golden saddle in an instant, and sweeping away ahead of the wind. But if she was, the prince of amania was at her side, and seizing her by the foot, he ran with the mare for thirty perches, and never let go of the beautiful lady till the shoe was pulled from her foot, and he was left behind with it in his hand. She came home as fast as the mare would carry her and was thinking all the time that the henwife would kill her for losing the shoe. Seeing her so vexed and so changed in the face, the old woman asked, What's the trouble that's on you now? Oh, I've lost one of the shoes off my feet, said trembling. Don't mind that. Don't be vexed, said the henwife. Maybe it's the best thing that ever happened to you. Then trembling, gave up all the things she had to the henwife, put on her old clothes, and went to work in the kitchen. When the sisters came home, the henwife asked, "Have you any news from the church?" We have indeed," said they, for we saw the grandest sight- today. The strange lady came again in grander array than before. On herself and the horse she rode were the finest colors of the world. And between the ears of the horse was a bird which never stopped singing from the time she came till she went away. The lady herself is the most beautiful woman ever seen by man in Adon. After trembling had disappeared from the church, the son of the king of Amanya said to the other king's sons, I will have that lady for my own. They all said, You didn't just win it by taking the shoe off a foot. You'll have to win her by the point of the sword. You'll have to fight for her with us before you can call her your own. Well, said the son of the king of Emanja, when I find the lady that shoe will fit, I'll fight for her. Never fear before I leave it to any of you. Then all the king's sons were uneasy and anxious to know who was she that lost the shoe. They began to travel all over Aaron to know they could find her. The prince of Amanya and all the others went in a great company together and made the round of Aaron. They went everywhere, north, south, east, and west. They visited every place where a woman was to be found and left not a house in the kingdom they did not search to know they could find the woman the shoe would fit, not caring whether she was rich or poor, of high or low degree. The prince of Amanya always kept the shoe, and when the young women saw it, they had great hopes, for it was of a proper size, neither large nor small, and it would beat any man to know of what material it was made. One thought it would fit her if she cut a little from her great toe, and another, with too short a foot, put something in the tip of her stocking, but no use. They only spoiled their feet and were curing them for months afterwards. The two sisters, fair and brown, heard that the princes of the world were looking all over Aaron for the woman that could wear the shoe, and every day they were talking of trying it on. And one day, Trembling spoke up and said, Maybe it's my foot the shoe will fit, or the breaking of the dog's foot on you. Why say so when you are at home every Sunday? They were that way waiting and scolding the younger sister, till the princes were near the place. The day they were to come, the sisters put Trembling in a closet and locked the door on her. When the company came to the house, the Prince of Imagna gave the shoe to the sisters. But though they tried and tried, it would fit neither of them. "'Is there any other young woman in the house?' asked the prince. There is," said Trembling, speaking up in the closet. "'I'm here?' Oh, we have her for nothing but to put out the ashes, said the sisters. But the prince and the others wouldn't leave the house till they had seen her, so the two sisters had to open the door. When trembling came out, the shoe was given to her, and it fitted exactly. The prince of amania looked at her and said, You are the woman the shoe fits, and you are the woman I took the shoe from. Then Trembling spoke up and said, Do you stay here till I return? Then she went to the henwife's house. The old woman put on the cloak of darkness, got everything for her she had the first Sunday at church, and put her on the white mare in the same fashion. Then Trembling rode along the highway to the front of the house. All who saw her the first time said, This is the lady we saw at church. Then she went away a second time and the second time came back on the black mare, and the second dress which the henwife gave her. All who saw her on the second Sunday said, That is the lady we saw at church. A third time she asked for a short absence, and soon came back on the third mare, and in the third dress. All who saw her the third time said, That is the lady we saw at church. Every man was satisfied, and knew that she was the woman. Then all the princes and great men spoke up and said to the son of the king of Amania, You'll have to fight now for her before we let her go with you. I'm here before you, ready for combat, answered the prince. Then the son of the king of Lachlan stepped forth. The struggle began, and a terrible struggle it was. They fought for nine hours, and then the son of the king of Lachlan stopped, gave up his claim, and left the field. Next day, the son of the king of Spain fought six hours and yielded his claim. On the third day, the son of the king of Nerephoi fought eight hours and stopped. The fourth day, the son of the king of Greece fought six hours and stopped. On the fifth day, no more strange princes wanted to fight, and all the sons of kings in Aaron said they would not fight with a man of their own land, that the strangers had had their chance, and... As no others came to claim the woman, she belonged of right to the son of King of Amania. The marriage day was fixed and the invitations were sent out. The wedding lasted for a year and a day. When the wedding was over, the king's son brought home the bride, and when the time came, a son was born. The young woman sent for her eldest sister Fair to be with her and care for her. One day, when trembling was well, And when her husband was away hunting, the two sisters went out to walk, and when they came to the seaside, the eldest pushed the youngest sister in. A great whale came and swallowed her. The eldest sister came home alone, and the husband asked, "'Where is your sister?' "'She has gone home to her father in Ballyshannon, and now that I am well, I don't need her.'" "'Well,' said the husband,' looking at her. I'm in dread. It's my wife that has gone. Oh, no, said she. It's my sister Far that's gone. Since the sisters were very much alike, the prince was in doubt. That night he put his sword between them and said, If you are my wife, this sword will get warm. If not, it will stay cold. In the morning when he rose up, The sword was as cold as when he put it there. It happened when the two sisters were walking by the seashore that a little cowboy was down by the water minding cattle and saw a fair push trembling into the sea. And next day when the tide came in, he saw the whale swim up and throw her out on the sand. When she was on the sand, she said to the cowboy, "'When you go home in the evening with the cows,' Tell the master that my sister fire pushed me into the sea yesterday That the whale swallowed me then threw me out But will come again and swallow me with the coming of the next tide Then he'll go out with the tide And come again with tomorrow's tide And throw me again on the strand The whale will cast me out three times I'm under the enchantment of this whale And cannot leave the beach or escape myself Unless my husband saves me Before I'm swallowed the fourth time, I shall be lost. He must come and shoot the whale with a silver bullet when he turns on the broad out of his back. Under the breast fin of the whale is a reddish-brown spot. My husband must hit him in that spot, for it is the only place in which he can be killed. When the cowboy got home, the elder sister gave him a draft of oblivion, and he did not tell. Next day he went again to the sea. The whale came and cast trembling on the shore again. She asked the boy, Did you tell the master what I told you to tell him? I did not, said he. I forgot. How did you forget, asked she. The woman of the house gave me a drink that made me forget. Well, don't forget telling him this night. And if she gives you a drink... Don't take it, Farama. As soon as the cowboy came home, the eldest sister offered him a drink. He refused to take it till he had delivered his message and told all to the master. The third day the prince went down with his gun and a silver bullet in it. He was not long down when the whale came and threw trembling on the beach, as the two days before. She had no power to speak till her husband, till he had killed the whale. Then the whale went out, turned over once in the broad of his back, and showed the spot for a moment only. That moment the prince fired. He had but one chance and a short one at that. But he took it, hit the spot, and the whale, mad with pain, made the sea all around red with blood and died. That minute, Trembling was able to speak and went home with her husband, who sent word to her father what the eldest sister had done. The father came and told him any death he chose to give her, to give it. The prince told the father he would leave her life and death with himself. The father had her put out then on the sea in a barrel with provisions in it for seven years. In time, Trembling had a second child, a daughter. The prince and she sent the cowboy to school and trained him up as one of their own children and said, If the little girl that is born to us now lives No other man in the world will get her but him The cowboy and the prince's daughter lived on till they were married The mother said to her husband You could not have saved me from the whale before the little cowboy On that account, I don't grudge him, my daughter The son of the king of Emania and Trembling had fourteen children And they lived happily till the two died Of old age. The end. The moral of the story, and I think the moral of any Cinderella story, is that everybody wants to feel special. And a little magic never hurts. Well, good night.
1: That was... David Hollingsworth reading Fair, Brown, and Trembling. You can follow David Hollingsworth on Twitter, Facebook, and on Instagram at Hollyworks. That's H O L L I W O R K S. Hollyworks. We'll also leave a link in the episode description so you can click on those and find him. And we'll also, again, leave a link to his website so that you can get that book. You can, of course, also follow us, Dads Read Princess Stories, on Twitter, Facebook, and on Instagram at, you guessed it, Dads Read Princess Stories. Also, if you are a dad, if you know a dad, you don't have to be a celebrity. I mean, yes, it would be great, sure, to have Ryan Reynolds on the podcast reading. I mean, I think he's a father. He's probably a father. He's a father. I mean, if you would like Ryan Reynolds, by all means, everyone, you send him, you tell him, you get on Twitter and Facebook and stuff and you say, hey, Ryan, you should be on this. But in the meantime, if you are a father or if you know a father and you would like to be on the show, by all means, please send us a message. We would love to connect with you. And also on a quick note, we want to say that we are officially selling Dad's Read Princess Stories merchandise at redbubble.com. You can find shirts, you can find masks, all with our Dads Read Princess Stories logos. As you know, we don't do advertisements on the podcast. We try and keep it nice and clean for all of you. But having the merchandise and being able to have that revenue does keep the lights on, does keep the electricity going. So if you would like to support Dads Read Princess Stories, all you have to do is go to redbubble.com. They also have an app. And type in Dads Read Princess Stories. There's loads of different options. You can get clocks, a shower curtain, books with the Dads Read Princess Story logo on it. I mean, how cool's that? Back to school, right? Gotta be safe. Maybe get a mask. It's right there for you. Anyway, that's enough of me shilling out merchandise towards all of you. My name's RPJ. It's a pleasure being your host. To all of you out there, please stay safe.